Let's pray. Oh God, we come before you grateful for the gift of worshiping you. The gift of being here in this place, this hour, knowing that a resurrection took place to give us life. And it's not just a one Sunday a year event. It is every day. And because of what you've done for us in Jesus, God, we have hope and we can be healed. May we experience that healing right now. Bless these offerings, God. May they be used to help people know Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. It's good to see everyone here today. I'm Ed Glaze, one of the pastors here. For uh, those of you that have uh, not, I've not had the opportunity and been blessed to meet you. A great job, praise band. Trey, uh, you toned it down too much for us, brother. <laughs> great. Uh, we didn't do something that's very important. We do like to know who people are, if they're here. So if you would, please register your attendance either in the red book or I believe there might be a QR code up there. We're kind of surprising them. Um, but either way, we'd love to be able to greet you at some point and, and know that you've been here. And if you see somebody you're not familiar with, and I imagine that's the case since we're co-mingling worship services and you're seeing all these strange faces, well, sometime uh, today, um, greet one another, offer signs of love to one another, uh, because we are uh, the body of Christ here together. Uh, It's great to be here and great to have our folks joining in online. As you heard Vern say, if you uh, would contact us uh, through email or as you're watching online, you can can also um, respond that way. Well, a service of healing that's kind of different, isn't it? That's not something that uh, we're used to uh, lots of times in our uh, tradition. But it is very scriptural uh, to talk about healing. Uh, Jesus uh, brought healing to so many people as we're going to read about here in just a minute. Uh, the church has been known as a place of healing as we're going to uh, talk about. So we're coming to experience whatever healing we need to receive or be a vessel of healing for somebody else today. Here now, the word of the Lord is found in the good news according to Mark, the healing of the paralytic. When he, Jesus, returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front door. And he's speaking the word to them. Then some people came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes are sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this fellow speak in this way? It's blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, what do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, stand up, take up your mat, and walk. But to show you that the Son of Man uh, has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. The word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. Just want to remind you that you should have received a card like this. And if you uh, feel so led, you know, write something down on it uh, that you would like to ha uh, have somebody uh, pray for as you come forward. And we'll also have a, a station here where you're going to have people can do some in-depth praying with you. But, you, you know, give us a card and we can, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do here in a minute. I imagine most everybody within the sound of my voice, either in this room or watching online, has heard of Mr. Rogers. Everybody heard of Mr. Rogers? Yeah, we all know who Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Some of uh, in this crowd grew up watching Mr. Rogers. He was truly a gift to uh, the nation, indeed the world. I don't know if you know this, but he was an ordained Presbyterian minister. And he felt that his calling was to help children live into the gift that who they were as children of God. And one of the things that he did was uh, pretty unusual is that he realized that kids could get scared. And he made sure that when scary things happened in the world that he would address that on his programs. You may have seen that over the years. And one of the things he often said is that he would quote his sweater knitting mother who would said this to him when he was a boy. Whenever Fred Rogers saw something scary, she said, Fred, look for the helpers. Whenever a disaster strikes, whenever something scary happens, look for the helpers. They are always there. And the helpers will make you realize that there's caring in the world, even in the midst of some disaster, something bad that has happened. And you may have had a helper come to you. You may have been a helper. When all the disasters that happen in our world, fires and floods and, and hurricanes and tornadoes. And there's a picture about to be on the screen, I think, of some helpers from the United Methodist Committee on the Relief responding to a tornado uh, up in Michigan. One of the great things about UMCOR is that it goes to places that you hear about. It goes to places where you may ne have never heard about, where there might have been a small disaster, but it's a disaster and a tragic for the people that experienced, even if it was only a small flood or a small fire or something uh, like that, a an earthquake that, well, took out some houses. And you might not have heard about it in the news because, well, it wasn't newsworthy, but UMCR goes and it's helpers. You may have been one of those people that have gone to a place where there's been a fire or a flood or tornado or an earthquake or going down and respond on the Gulf Coast where uh, I've, I've moved from. Helpers come and as you see, embrace and let us know that even in the midst of our tragedies are people that care. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Look for the helpers whenever bad things happen. You might have had them come into your life when bad things have happened. Today's scripture text is about helpers. We uh, read that, well, we don't know how many total there were, but Mark tells us that there are these four folks that carried a person who had been through some tragedy of having the disaster of being paralyzed. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. And these helpers came. These folks loved him enough, cared for him enough that they said, we're going to take you to Jesus. And that's what helpers do, don't they? Even if they don't realize it, they're bringing the healing power of God into their lives. And so these four carried this man paralyzed, not able to walk. And it was an arduous journey. I mean, can you imagine carrying somebody on a, on a pallet for a long way? I mean, they're here on roads that had rocks and, and were pitted and they were hard to get around on. And here they come into Capernaum. We don't, again, we don't know how far they travel, but Capernaum could have been a long journey for them, could have been a short journey. 
But they took him and walked along that long, dusty highway to bring this man to Jesus, these helpers. And when they got to Jesus' home, we can talk about that another time, that a place in Capernaum's called his home, they're discouraged. I mean, the place is packed. There's folks overflowing the house. They can't even get near the home. And I, I don't know about you, but I might have said, you know, friend, I, we're going to have to wait a long time to get you to see Jesus, or we, we might have to wait to another day. But no, not these folks. They were determined. And so they climb onto the roof, get some shovels or some implement of some sort, and start digging off the thatch and the mud and the dirt. And you can imagine what's going on underneath there. Hey, what's happening here? All this stuff's starting to fall down upon them. And then they get some ropes, and they lower this paralytic to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus makes this remarkable statement. He didn't say to the fellow, hey, your faith has made you well. What does he say? He said, their faith has made him well. The faith of these helpers has made this man well. Jesus makes this remarkable statement, your sins are forgiven. And we in our tradition know that the same word for salvation is the same word for healing, sozo in the Greek. That root word means that as we are forgiven, we are healed as well. And in our, our understanding of salvation, borrowing from our Greek Orthodox friends, as John Wesley tended to do, he knew that when we are saved, we're healed. We're saved, we're healed. And that's what Jesus is talking about here, that as your sins are being forgiven, you're being made whole, you're healed. But it wasn't the faith of that man. It was the faith of those helpers. And sometimes, well, we're called to be helpers. And sometimes we need those helpers. Jesus calls us to do sometimes to be both. There's a story of a, a couple that were, were childless, but they were uh, great people. Uh, they moved to a community where he was a professor at a small uh, liberal arts college. And they quickly became enmeshed in the campus community. He was a, a well-beloved teacher, and they got involved in the chapel program and the ministry of, of, that, of that small liberal arts college. And his name was Franz, and hers was Gerda, and, and, and they're well-loved by everybody. And then tragedy struck. Gerda took ill, and though everyone around her was praying for her, she died. Franz's heart was broken. And his friends surrounded him in love. And they said, come, let us go to worship. Let us take the sacrament. Let us experience healing. And Franz said this to his friends, I can't come. I don't believe in that anymore. And his friends did something truly amazing. They said, well, Franz, we're going to have faith for you. We are going to go to church for you. We're going to pray for you and pray in, in your place. And we'll take the sacrament for you. And week after week, month after month, they would go and invite Francis to church. And he said, I can't come. I don't believe in this. I'm so hurt. I'm so broken. They said, that's okay. We'll worship for you. We'll pray for you. We will take the sacrament for you. Month after month, they came to this man who had been broken and hurting for almost a year. 
And then finally one day, he said, I will go with you. They said, what's changed? He said, you have borne me to the feet of Jesus. You've dug through the thatch and the mud of my doubt and my fear and my anger at God. And you've borne me to Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians, bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. My friends, as you come down today, you may be led right now to think about someone who needs the healing touch of Jesus. It might be someone who has a physical ailment. It might be a friend of yours that is going through a battle of some sort of addiction or, or, or some broken relationship or dealing with some fear or some worry. And that person might be someone that you come down and have written their name on that card and said, I'm, I'm receiving this anointing. I'm receiving these prayers for my friend, for my loved one, for this person who I know is broken and hurting. You're being a helper. You're being someone who carries another to the feet of Jesus. That's maybe what you're being called to do today. I read a book when I was uh, serving at a, a church in South Alabama. It was called, the, You Are the Hands and Feet of Jesus. And I didn't realize at the time, but you all know the author of that, or many of you all do. His, his name's James Howe. He's a pastor in, in Charlotte at a, at a large membership church there. I didn't know who he was, but we, we read that book. And in it, he quotes Madeline LaEngle, who says this about prayer. To pray is to love. And then how expands on that quote by saying this, that anytime the Christian community joins hands together, healing already takes place for one of the worst parts of any illness, of any darkness, is feeling like that you're going through it alone. To know that others are praying for you already brings healing. So you may be called upon today to pray on behalf of another, to be that helper that's carrying that paralytic down to the feet of Jesus. And if you do that, I encourage you not only to come and receive the prayer for that person, but to let that person know. Do something like texting that person or something truly old-fashioned. Pick up a phone and call the person. Or even truly old-fashioned, write that person a note or letter. Those of you who follow me on social media know that we lifted up a lady uh, from this person I follow, Sean of the South. Uh, her name is Riley Faith. And he was asking people to write because she has received news that unless a miracle happens, she's going to die of cancer. And so I encourage you to go to my Facebook page or my Instagram and see how you can write to her. And we'll put that out too. Wouldn't it be cool if she received hundreds of letters with a postmark from Boone, North Carolina, knowing that in the midst of the fact that she has inoperable cancer, this little 11-year-old girl, the people are, are there bringing her to the feet of Jesus. Hmm. That's what you may be called to do today. But I imagine there's some people within the sound of my voice, either online or, or here today, that want prayers themselves. 
that, that need that healing. And can't you imagine that this paralytic prayed over and over and over again, God, where are you? I'm paralyzed. I can't walk. Why, have you, why has this happened to me? Why, why am I going through all this? And those prayers are unanswered until those helpers came. And you might be praying and praying about an illness in your life, a situation that you have no control over, a brokenness that's going on, a relationship that needs mending, and you've been praying and praying and praying about it, and nothing's happened. In that book I just mentioned to you, Madeline Lee Engel is quoted about the time that she was praying in her own life that about a biopsy that she had undergone and she prayed and prayed that she'd get some good news. Well, she didn't. And she wondered about the nature of prayer. And we're gonna have a quote from her on the screen here. I'm not gonna ask you to read it with me, but I'm gonna read it to you. She said this, surely the prayers have sustained me, my, her own prayers, and are sustaining me. Perhaps there'll be unexpected answers to these prayers, answers I may never be aware of for years but they aren't wasted, they're not lost. I do not know where they have gone, but I believe God holds them, hand outstretched to receive them like precious pearls. Our prayers, you see, even though we don't get an answer or don't know what's happening, God receives them and holds them and answering them in ways that we may never comprehend this side of eternity but it's in the praying that we're healed. Now, we're asking you to come forward to receive an anointing for somebody else or for yourself. And what right do we have to do that? Well, the church has been a place of healing since the very beginning. We read about in the book of Acts that wherever the apostles went, people received healing. The Apostle Paul uh, was healing people in every place that he went. People receive a healing, you see. The word hospital comes from the word hospitality. And that's what the church was known for, being a hospital. A place where people who are broken can be healed. And so we are here as the church to be a hospital for all who are broken, all who are hurting, you and me, indeed that's all of us. I'm reading a, a wonderful book by Bishop Michael Curry. Now, those of you that are uh, Anglophiles like me, you may remember uh, the wedding of, of, of uh, Prince Harry just a few years ago. And he was the preacher that spoke at that wedding. And he has written a book, uh, Love is the Way. And in it, he talks about a trip he took to Botswana. And he went to this church run by a pastor named Father Andrew, whose mission it was to care for orphans of victims of AIDS that was ravishing that country. And he saw how the kids were flourishing and, and the kids were running around, but he noticed this one little girl uh, that when she was going to the playground, had to limp on a crutch. And he said, oh, that's so sad as she stumbled and fell a little bit. And, he's, and Father Andrew said, no, no, it's, it's beautiful because she once was just lying in bed. And then she got in a wheelchair and, and now she's walking. For he said, this is 
the dream of our church and it should be the dream of every church. Just let every child know that God has something better for them. And then we help them discover it and live in to that better future, that healing. Well, that's what we're doing here today, helping you to live into a better future for yourself or somebody else. As you will be invited to come forward and receive anointing at one of the stations, will be one at the end of this aisle, two here and one there. And if you want uh, to present a card and ask us to pray over something specifically, we, we will. And if you want even deeper prayer, then Jana and Rodney Duke will be at one of the altars here and you can offer uh, whatever needs you have and they can pray even more intently, more deeply. But know that Jesus has come to heal. Whatever brokenness is in your life, whatever brokenness is in the life of someone you love, and we, this church, are the helpers to f- help you be made whole. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As the anointing team's coming forward, we're going to have a prayer over the oil. And one thing that um, some of y'all don't get to see each week is Sandy Miller over here. Uh, offering sign language to, to our people that need that or want that. And sometimes uh, watching her, yeah. Or, or Jan Niblick, uh, it, sometimes it's so beautiful watching them sign uh, that, you know, I just want to look at them. What am I supposed to say? Because, I mean, it, it's, so, it's so beautiful uh, watching that. But I'm going to have this prayer over, over the oil. And the prayer comes from the book of James, and it's an example of of the healing ministry of the church. James writes, are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call on the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who's committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. For the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Lord, anoint this anointing oil with your spirit that all who come, who are broken, who are hurting, will be mended and made whole. We ask this in the name of the one who came and healed us of our sinfulness, our brokenness, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.